Uh, it looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Oh, there it is. Mm. Kelly Underwood embracing the idea that they came to play. Did she do that specifically for us? I think so. I'm going to go with yes. All right, this is Lemo here uh, with They Came to Play. Tess Armstrong, Danny McGinley, hello. Hello. Uh, now, the joy of this podcast is that you don't have to have seen a single minute of football over the weekend. We just deliver it all for you mm. in a neat little package <laughs> here on a Monday. A very special guest we're bringing to the podcast in just a moment. But before we do, a brand new segment mm. <laughs> that we're going to kick off the podcast with each week. Uh, and that is where we are each challenged to summarise the weekend's football <laughs> in 15 seconds. Yeah, this is for the extremely time, Paul. Like, you know, for yeah. the, this, this podcast is, is great. It's, it's, it's an hour where people can really know what's happening in footy without having seen it, as you mm-hmm. said, Lima. But yeah. for, for the really time, Paul, like say you were a journalist on the 7.30 report who <laughs> suggested we do this. Uh, this is, if you've only got like 45 seconds to, and you, you've got to know footy, this yeah. is what we're going to do right yeah, at the top. This is yeah. here. So we'll give you three different perspectives in under a minute. I think so. I think it's good. Not that it's competitive, but, I mean, feel free to let us know who provided the best 15-second <laughs> summary. Uh, who's, who's kicking us off this week? Because Should I start? Okay, go on. Because I think oh, mine will be the least funny and informative, so I should start so uh, people forget about it by the it end of the Is it just you singing the Tigers theme song for 15 <laughs> seconds? Oh, that would have been good. Okay, Starting. so we'll start the clock now. Why do we boo? We need to know. Richmond are still on top. Dusty's only in second gear. The AFL says it won't change any rules until October, except when it does change rules, like the shot clock. So while you're not changing rules, can you please change the protected zone? Essendon and Giants are a bit done. <laughs> Thwarted. There we go. Yeah, not bad. Not, not bad. bad. That's a little ca- captured a few of the key uh, talking points <laughs> from the weekend there. Uh, okay, uh, let's try uh, Danny McGinley. Your time starts now. Well, it's pretty much the worst weekend of football you've ever experienced. All the teams that you don't want to win, win. All the teams that you actually like, they lost, uh, including England in the World Cup. And uh, it looks like Richmond are going to win. Oh, oh, there it is. Thwarted. And also on Richmond saying Richmond are bad. That was a good way to go out because we all know that's not true. You don't like no, them? No, he said, no, he said, <laughs> said Richmond No, I win. know, but he said, like, we're baddies and we're the baddies now. And I just want to Oh, no, not up. now. You always have been. Oh, oh there <laughs> you're, still big, you're still part of the big four. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if 15 seconds is long enough. but uh, It <laughs> to, is. We've just really got to work hard. Uh, we've got to work hard. Okay, it's about us, not the time. All right, uh, here I go with my 15-second summary from the weekend. Time starting now. Richmond are amazing. Colton are terrible. And Hawthorne beat the doggies. Yeah! Come on! Oh, that protected zone thing's a load of rubbish. That rule needs to change. Seriously, it annoys the hell out of me. And I've done it with time to spare. (laughs) He hit the post like a true radio legend. All right, there. That was really good. (laughs) Actually, yeah, I should point out, I said all the teams that you didn't want to win uh, uh, won. But, yeah, of course, Carlton lost. So, yeah, we should have. (laughs) So, mine was inaccurate. I'm ineligible to win. There we go. I've got a positive spin for Carlton fans uh, a little later. Uh, We should introduce our very special guest. This is exciting. He's in the studio with us. Uh, You may know him as at Sir Swamp Thing. On Twitter. Oh, 
mysterious statistical guru. Sorry, I should have turned my phone off there. <laughs> who, we can, <laughs> who we can confirm is real. Swamp, hello. How are we all? Yeah, magnificent. Uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast here today. Oh, very happy. What to do you here. like to be called? Uh, uh, Sir Swamp or the Swamp no, thing? Or? Uh, I prefer to be called Swamp. Most swamp. people actually call me that in, in real life, apart from my mum and a few <laughs> close, <laughs> close relatives. It would be, would be weird. Well, my mum doesn't call me Limo either. She, she rolls with Anthony, so I, I get it. Uh, Weirdly, my mum calls me Limo. It's <laughs> very strange. <laughs> my mum calls me Swamp too. <laughs> so there we go. A lot of cross-pollination going on here today. Uh, Swamp, people love following you on Twitter. We love the statistical joy that you bring uh, to this great game of ours. How, before we establish your credentials, how do you pull together your stats? Because you don't, well, the rest of us, if we want to get a good stat, we kind of go to Champion Data. Well, that's really Mm -hmm. the only place you can go, which is uh, via the AFL website. What do you, where do you get yours from? Uh, I actually built my own um, sports database. I actually started about twenty odd years ago in cricket. After that ninety nine semi um, oh, yeah. semi final in the World Cup. I oh, where we we beat South Africa. Uh, we drew with South Africa. Oh, we drew. Sorry, yes. da- Damien Fleming by the last <laughs> over. Yeah, I was doing a computer science degree and I was doing some stuff with databases. And I went, well, I want to make a sports database. So I started with cricket. Uh, a couple of years later, I decided I'll tackle footy. And so I've been recording everything I can about footy ever since. So I I now have a a system where I can pretty much pull anything. As long as I've collected that data, I can query it any way I want. Okay, well, let's uh, let's put you to the test. I know, Danny, you've been working hard on some questions for Swamp. I have, yes. Okay, I'm See, nervous. And, and Swamp, we met at <laughs> Channel 7 about uh, a year ago, but I, I, I met you online before that, just following your stats and, and tweeting you dumb questions and yeah. always being amazed how quickly you could answer. Uh, I remember the first question I ever asked you was, in what match was the most amount of players who went on to be senior coaches? Uh, that was, It was 13 players, and it had happened twice from memory, but I can't remember the names of the games off the top of my head. Oh, they were from the 60s, so I didn't actually know many of the players, which was disappointing. I was hoping there was going to be <laughs> ones that I could reference. But you were, and, uh, and then I, I got you onto him, Limo. I said, you've got to yes, follow this yeah, guy. Yeah. And you started asking him uh, d- dumb questions now, as well. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I'm just, let's just show how good he is, ladies and okay. gentlemen. Okay. All right, these are All questions. Right. I'm, I'm going to start with a question from my four-year-old son. Okay. He's a bit obsessed with numbers at the moment. Moment. He wanted to know, what are you my real dad? Yeah, he's very <laughs> curious because <laughs> he's got a beard like you. And <laughs> um, he wanted to know, what is the highest number ever worn on a jumper in mm. AFL VFL history? I will have to double check this, but I'm pretty sure it's the 67 that players were wearing last year in um, Doug Nichols' Indigenous round. Okay. Ah. Players swapped. Oh, okay. I believe the highest. For excluding the Doug Nichols round last year, I think the highest for Hawthorne is 62, worn by Gary Ablett oh, Senior. Yes. Oh, that's pretty uh, good. In the couple of years he was at Hawthorne. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what about the highest number ever worn by on a jumper in a grand final? Um, that would be 54, I believe. Oh. Um, from it was a Collingwood player in 1981. I will have to look it up. Okay. Well, if I'm, you, I'm you, so you got pissed. time to come back. Because okay. right. Sean Wren would have worn 52. 52. Yeah. For the crows, that's not bad. Um, uh, also, uh, I want to know which player has played for the most clubs. Ah, uh, there's been three players that have played for five different clubs. 
And I can't think of the name. <laughs> That's all right. I you... am so impressed. I can't even remember what I had for breakfast. Yeah, I'm <laughs> so impressed. The fact really that you can even vaguely get there, I am really on board. All right, one more, and then we'll move on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pepper you though throughout the show. There's one right more. Though. I want to know who was the first team and the first player to win in every state and territory of Australia. Oh. Ooh, okay. Mm. That's a fun one. I know. Yeah. Oh, this is what I do. Come yeah, up with dumb right. things. Because I did, I did, this is my pride. Uh, uh, I once stumped Swamp. And, and, it, and I tricked. <laughs> yeah, but what was, what was <laughs> the, you this context, the question? Context. I'll, tell, I'll tell you the question. I just discovered by sheer dumb coincidence that Stephen Kolonyuk and Stephen Krediuk, two uh, Footscray players from the early 90s, uh, were born uh, one day apart. And oh. so I said, any other players whose names almost rhyme, born one day apart? <laughs> and it took, and seriously, I stumped him, which meant it took him two hours to respond. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That is awesome. Uh, to be fair, I was sitting in a restaurant at the minute and at the time and <laughs> oh, away from my computer. Well, <laughs> yeah, not stumped, just having a life. Like, you know, not That's at your That's not what he's call. for. <laughs> uh, the um, recent question I asked was uh, the oldest player to ever play the game. Uh, yes, that would be Vic Cumberland back yeah. in the early 1920s, 30s. Yeah, no, How old was 20. Uh, about 43 years old. Oh, he, 40. he and Dustin Fletcher are the only 40-year-olds to have ever played. Really? Michael Tuck wasn't 40? No, 37 yeah. or 38, I think. Seemed Tuck. older. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Craig Bradley was quite old too, but I, maybe 38. Wow. Mm. That's a good yeah. thing to aim for if you're a current... You're not going to play in the current game, are you? Older. At 40. I well, reckon Brent Harvey could have. Brent Harvey, yeah. He well, Harvey could have gone close. Uh, and oldest players in a grand final. That was the other one I recently... Asked you, Michael Tuck was 38 in 1991. This is Swamp's answer to me, by the way. Oh, okay. Uh, And Ted Rowell in 1915 was 39. Oh. Not bad. Now, the reason I asked those questions of Swamp was because of the um, Egyptian goalkeeper at the World Cup. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Who's 45. 45, 45, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. It's a pretty good effort. Although goalie, Mm. you can stay in the same spot. It's hardly hard. Um, I was asking the same question because the Bulldogs are so injury ravaged. I mean, I'm turning 36 (laughs) soon, but I reckon I might be getting a call up. You could get a gig. (laughs) Can I please know who statistically, in whatever time, is the best Jack that ever played for Richmond? Because I have a scarf. (laughs) I have a scarf with the three current Jacks on the scarf, uh, Graham Higgins and number one Jack of Rewald. But Jack is a strong Richmond name. Surely Dyer. Well, surely, but I want to know statistically. Fair enough. I have the, it in my head. I will have oh. to double check this that um, the most Jacks ever to play in a game was Richmond, but it was back in about the 1950s. <laughs> okay. Oh. Yeah. Will you tell me who the best Jack is and whether or not I need to amend oh. my scarf order? Because, yeah, <laughs> I've got Jack as number one. To, and dovetail, what is the most common first name that's ever that, that's been in the league all time? What uh, we, oh. It is Jack. Oh, it is Jack. Uh, Pretty sure it is. Yes. There we go. It's a solid footy name. Well, that leads to. And only one Sadat. My... Sadat, sir. <laughs> Uh, how many Jadens are currently <laughs> playing and how many different spellings are yes. of the name Jaden? I, I think I'd rather answer the, uh, the rhyming question from Danny. Because <laughs> Jaden is very popular at the moment. It is. But I swear, no two Jadens are spelt the same. No. King yeah. of the Jadens has to be Stevenson at the moment. Jaden If it's Jaden Tree. How's his spelt? I think he's, oh, actually, I don't know. Is he J-A-I-D-E-N? I think the number six is in there. He might be D. J-A-I-D-Y-N. Ah, there's a Y on the end. And there's only one Phil currently playing. One Phil. In the whole comp. And no Johns. 
We just call is him there no Phil. John. Is that true? Still no Johns? I know it was a couple still, of years ago. Still no Johns. <laughs> Devastating. Bring it back. <laughs> Bring back the John. <laughs> it's a strong footy name. Jack yeah. and Johns. Jack, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jaden's all over the John. And I also want to know, because I like to barrack for underdogs, who currently playing has had the longest stretch without a goal? Oh, that's good. Does that include... You can ooh. get back to me. Oh, I don't know who the current one is, but Jack Homsch managed to get his first goal with about 10 minutes to go in the 2017 season from memory. And oh, okay. he'd played about 80-odd games at that point in time. Okay. Well, you, if you can find out, because I'd like to barrack for them, because yesterday Ben Jacobs um, from North Melbourne kicked a goal and everyone was like, well, that's exciting, but it's also pretty grim when the defensive tag is like kicking a <laughs> goal. But um, I really felt really happy for him because goals are really fun. And so if you can let me know who I should be backing in, that would be great. Right. I thought once one of the first questions I ever asked Swamp was, because I thought I was on a blinder here. I thought I'd found a real <laughs> ripper. Because Josh Gibson retired having for Hawthorne won three premierships and he'd kicked three goals. So I asked Swamp, have any players in history ever got less goals than premierships? Oh, wow. That's fun. And you came back to me, Swamp said there was about 46 players. <laughs> and there was one bloke from Melbourne, I think, had five premierships. Five premierships and five goals. I can't remember his name. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I really I, I'm thought in, I was onto something, but mm, no, I wasn't. Nah. I'm enjoying watching Swamp up close because I would have thought every time we asked him something, he'd go to the laptop and, and just Same. extract the data. But it's it's all at the front of your head. Uh, the fact that I know there's a stat exists is, is at the front of my head. The actual names themselves are hidden away in the computer <laughs> to my right. Still pretty good. Hiding uh, in the computer. Well, let's maybe work our way through the round. Yeah, and do. Swamp, when uh, some fun stats come up, uh, please, please feel free to share them with us. The West Coast sure. Eagles. Uh, bumped off GWS. Oh, that was actually a really good game. That was a cracker. Mm. It was much closer than I thought it was going to be. Yes. Yeah. Well, mm. the Giants, they came to play. They, yeah. um, no, they had a lot, of, lot to play for. Like yeah. they, they were great last weekend. They really needed to win yesterday to keep their finals dreams alive, mm. and they didn't. So I think their final dreams, RIP. We had someone on the SMS over the weekend on Grandstand suggest that once you start using the word mathematical possibility... <laughs> Uh, your team is screwed. Oh, You're in a G- little bit of trouble. GWS are only two points out of the eight. So it's true. It is very close. Um, it's ridiculous. Uh, I thought it's, you get the feeling that Richmond are like running away with the league, but you're, you're, you're four points away. <laughs> 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 uh, listen to if you don't win the flag this year, it's a lost year. It's a wasted year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if Richmond don't win the, the club, should um, fold if you don't <laughs> win it. Kick you out of the league. No, no, no. Come on. Hobart Tigers. Uh, That's what I heard. <laughs> now, Nick Nat Nui, definite mark of the year contender. He yeah. is extraordinary and super fun because Magic Door also took a screamer yesterday and so it was a fun day for Marks but you know not much else. Uh, but not for Richmond because Jack Rewalt spilled Mark of the Year. He did yeah, dropped $10,000. Very fr- disappointing. That would have mm. been great. However, the new Richmond classic, it's the actual uh, moment of the weekend that sums up new Richmond because previous Richmond, Jack would have dropped the goal and then would have been like, oh no, drop the mark <laughs> and then every, the ball would have gone up the other end and we would have lost in the last quarter. Yeah. But he just kind of found space where there was no space and kicked an amazing goal. Uh, it was like, is, oh, hang on. This is new relaxed, confident Richmond. Yeah, it's like, oh, actually, I'll still probably just get it. I mean, you say relaxed, confident. I say unfunny. <laughs> it used to be uh, such a joy. Terribly just, unfunny. You tune in to watch a Robin Williams film and it's all about, you know, that his, that his family are all dead. <laughs> it's dramatic Robin <laughs> what, Williams. What it's not what I paid for. <laughs> <laughs> that is a dramatic I, analogy. I am having the opposite experience, but I'm so happy to hear that. Um, I would like to go back into the swamp vault for a yes. moment. 
the swamp vault. Yes. <laughs> um, West Coast, there was a, you, you shared an excellent stat over, um, overnight about the West Coast Eagles and why this win was important um, because of who they were missing. Ah, yes. Yeah. So this is the first time since 2007, round eight, uh, where West Coast have won a game without at least one of Jack Darling, Josh Kennedy or Mark Lacroix in the side. Wow. Pretty good. Right. And that actually answered a few critics. Well, it was in Perth at their home ground, but still mm. they were getting a bit of flack for losing three on the trot without any of their big stars. It's probably pretty harsh. It's a fairly flack. heavily decimated forward line, as is GWS's, to be mm. fair. Yeah, that's true. Maybe it was just evened out the odds. Anyway, yeah. but it was a good one to finish on and... You know, and GWS, I'm pretty sure, uh, were undefeated at Perth Stadium up until that point. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A few people have suffered that, <laughs> that blemishes to that perfect record <laughs> at Perth Stadium uh, so far this year. Uh, we will get uh, Matt Clinch in in just a moment. Uh, but uh, quickly, Essendon Collingwood uh, at the G. Nearly 70,000 people there. That sound, it sounded like more. It sounded amazing. The, mm. the fans were so vocal. It was really close. It was super entertaining. I didn't know who I wanted to lose or win. It was the experience other people have with Richmond probably. Yes. That was like the big four and I don't care. Um, but there was an amazing moment that I wanted to actually share with the stats man himself because I don't think this would come up in your computer. However, I just wanted to share a very special Mason Cox stat from yesterday. Mason Cox had some good moments for Collingwood to date. I, I think it's where he got the possessions. Seven marks, Mick. Yep. 11 contested possessions. He kicked the goal. He got one additional stat after the full-time siren. A kiss. Oh. He walked up to the edge of the stands, leaned across, and kissed 774 ABC Melbourne's own Libby Gore on the cheek. Now, was he letter to Husband that? Stu Birchmore is behind us, panelling. <laughs> Stu, you might have to go down and have a word with the big American. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Now, I know Libby and Mason Cox have developed quite the friendship they over have. recent times. They uh, did um, an amazing interview around about Anzac Day. He came yeah. on with Libby and talked about, you know, experiencing Anzac Day as an American. They've um, stayed quite close. I didn't realise that close. Did kisses ever come up in the stats vault? Uh, not that I recall. Cameron Ling, after one of the grand finals, kissed his future wife. Um, <laughs> Luke Hodge kissed... Lance Franklin in a final. Uh, that's true. Yeah, that's, Will uh, Langford kissed Jared McVeigh. That's right. Yes. Uh, Dermot Burton kissed Billy Duckworth, I believe, <laughs> yeah. once upon a time. Are these contested <laughs> kisses? Are these hardball kisses? <laughs> oh, well, Dermy on Duckworth was a contested kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Collingwood are going pretty well, though. Second. Oh, what a weird time. Uh, I know. It's just. They were they, excellent. They're very, very good. They were, well, Let's uh, let's bring in Mad Matt Clinch at this particular point here. Clinchy, hello. Hello, guys. A Great to be with you. Of, a lot of people have been critical of Collingwood saying they're not beating top eight sides. Mm-hmm. What do you say to that? Do you think that's a valid criticism? Uh, or do you think they're uh, travelling pretty nicely? I think they're travelling well. Their next month is going to define where they'll finish on the ladder. They've won seven straight, though, so you can only beat the teams you're playing. And yeah. uh, they do have a growing injury list. But I think when they get Darcy Moore and, and Ben Reid back to bolster their defence, they'll be a bit more settled. But... No, I think they, they're justified where they sit at the moment with a few questions still to be answered. I think Richmond are the, the best side going around, and they'll get better as well. So it'll be a very interesting second half of the season. Oh, look at the spring in Tessa, Steph. I'm there. so happy. I'm so once, happy. Oh, you give, uh, every time you... you say that, I'm just like, oh, yeah, we're really good now. It's really weird. Hey, it's hard to beat people um, above you when you're second, though. They've been second for a little while. Richmond have been first. How are you betting people higher than you on the ladder? Yeah, that's true. And I guess uh, they're not playing too many games out of yeah. Victoria, which is always the thing about Collingwood. But mm. 
yeah, the Bombers were travelling pretty well. Mm. So that was a game where you thought they, they were certainly a good chance. Um, Orazio Fantasia, a late withdrawal, definitely hurt uh, Essendon's chances. Um, but they took it to them in the last quarter. They had the lead. Collingwood had to fight back to kick five of the last six goals to win. So uh, I thought that stood up. Uh, Mason Cox, you can see his improvement over the last <laughs> month. I think there's some good signs there for Collingwood that this is not a flash in the pan. They'll, they'll be competitive in finals. Uh, Swamp, do you have stats on the number of Americans who have played... Uh, AFL, VFL football? Uh, no, I don't, but I'm going to guess the total's one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, pretty good. Still what? side bottom as well. Just a little shout out to having the best name, one of the best names mm. in football, 200 games, and yeah. hardly any of them have been bad. Uh, no, that's, that is correct. He's had a great career. Uh, 2010, he won a grand final and name of the year as well. <laughs> <Is he> actually, <laughs> what a, what are the stats on other people doing the double on that? Uh, no, I, I, I believe he's the first. He, <laughs> wow. he beat uh, he beat out Stars and Stripes and Banana Yaya, I believe, with the other the names he came up against that year. <laughs> oh, because this is an international. This was an international ESPN. competition. <laughs> he won name of the name of the year. Oh, uh, best oh. for sports people. Well, and a, pre- and a premiership to boot. And a premiership. Uh, tell remarkable. me, uh, do you have stats swamp on the quality of uh, milestone games? So, who would have played the best two hundredth game? Or the best uh, 300th game of okay. all time. Okay, yeah, well, Tyson Edwards probably played the best 300th game. He had 41 touches. Um, Kate Simpson. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, to, sorry to interrupt Danny. you with an yes. editorial. Um, look, I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> <laughs> but Brad Johnson kicked uh, three goals in time on to knock over Adelaide yeah, in his 300th. Of all time! <laughs> Right, this is well. We're going to put this out to the jury, I guess. Well, right. well you decide. Yeah. Is it Tyson Edwards or uh, is Brad it Johnson? Brad Johnson. It could well be Brad Johnson. Yeah. I will give you that. There one. we go. Hit ABC uh, Grandstand Twitter is uh, yeah. where you can give us your opinion. We and if you're Taylor are... Swift, you'll win in the pub court of public opinion because <laughs> he just cut you off. So. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Do you, I, I've got an odd one for you, Swam. I'm a big fan. Sure. Um, Steel Sidebottom apparently kicked ten goals in the TAC um, Grand Final. There was he a rumour that he kicked five on his right and five on his oh. left. Oh. Is that no, the kind of I, thing that you take any interest as to what players can kick on both sides of their body? I take an interest, but I can't give you the answer to <laughs> okay. that one. Stumped him. Yeah, Matt. That's, Matt's proud for like an hour before you, he comes you've, back. You've made a powerful enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already regretting it. <laughs> Do you, Swamp, keep a record of whether goals are kicked from set shots or on the run? Uh, I've started collecting that stuff. It's probably not in a form that I can query easily yet. Right, okay. Mm. Yeah. Because I'd love to know how many Plugger and Dunstall, those types of guys, kicked from set shots uh, as that, opposed to on the run. That would be very hard to, to do. I don't think we've recorded that, and a lot of vision isn't easily accessible from those times. But mm. Plugger probably would have taken most of his goals from set shots, and he had a career accuracy of 69%. Ooh. He was. Uh, he was very, who's the most accurate shot at goal ever? He is. Matthew Lloyd's a reasonably close second. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. Oh. But, so, in order for you to, to get this uh, more of this data in a backlog, I know it's very sad. Name a game are shutting down. Can you <laughs> name a yes. game? It, can you just give Swamp all <laughs> yeah. of the? Give him everything. Yes. And so he can he can just create this this what should be the official AFL archive. Uh, I'm imagining inside your computer, it's like the final scene of Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's just all these boxes with fascinating <laughs> info in there. There is a lot of that going on. Yes. 
Well, let's keep uh, let's keep moving through the games. Uh, Matt Clinch, you called the North Melbourne Gold Coast Suns game uh, at the Docklands on the weekend. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it just a, is it a sorry state of affairs for the Gold Coast Suns? Yeah, it's tough work at the moment. Uh, they got within eleven points in the third quarter, and, and you felt like they made more of a contest than what we expected. North started mm. really well; they led by twenty points at quarter time. But in the end, the, the difference in class was pretty obvious. Uh, a couple of ill-disciplined moments. Stephen May gave away a free kick with a, a punch to the gut on uh, Sean Higgins, which mm. was frustrating. I know Stuart Juice spoke about that after the game, especially given he's the co-captain. Tom Lynch not being out there at the moment, but. They just miss those senior players is that you can understand the argument as to why they might target a, a Jared McVeigh or someone from Sydney to come in and, and just try and set up a culture where um, it's not so much relying on just young talent. Like Jack Martin's going to be yeah. a great young player, but he can't play one out mm. in the forward 50. And, and Peter Wright has missed a lot of the season. Um Crosley looked like he's a reasonably good player. He's just a young 18-year-old with oh, an interesting goatee, hey, Danny. He looked, mate, Braden Crosley, he is, his moustache is single-handedly keeping Gold Coast relevant. That was an absolute... <laughs> the handlebar! Swamp, when was the last time we had a player with a handlebar moustache? <laughs> uh, I got up way too early today. Jeez, we're, <laughs> you glad you came in? There was a little bit really, of commentary. We're really broadening your statistical <laughs> range yeah. here. Swamp. Kisses and handlebars are things that we'd like yeah. you to work on. There was a great bit of commentary where, like, often, you know, commentators are trying not to bring looks into it, right? You don't want to mm. talk about it. But they couldn't help themselves with Crosley. From 50, great mark. One hander pulled in by Crosley up against Mad Jack Door, and that was a great pluck with the right arm. It's impressive uh, moustache on the young fella. <laughs> well, it's an interesting setup for, for an AFL footballer with the sort of the goatee and then the slick back long hair. Especially for an 18 year old. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he <laughs> looks, he's sort of Village people tribute band. Could hardly control themselves. Did Nathan Burke start that distraction in the commentary box there, Clinchy? I'd just like to say the application is open again for special comments <laughs> for the rest of the season. That's not very special, is it? When you're going into those sort of sidetracks. I have a better one. I'm going to raise you Raman's special comments from yesterday. So Raman can talk, right? Right? And Raman asks us, motor mouth. Hardly mm. shut him up. And then Berkey tried to, like, bring him into the conversation when they were discussing what was going wrong with the Gold Coast Suns. What do you learn from that? I'm not sure, Rammer. <laughs> Don't learn much. <laughs> you learn. Zero. Like, you know... <laughs> it was just silent. Well, it was like, I guess it was honest. I, I don't know it what feel to feel like say. that at stages. Yeah. Where you just had to think a bit. Yeah, you really could take zero from that game. Was Higgins doing the Neymar challenge or what was happening uh, there? It felt as though he kind of went down a little bit. Oh, a little dramatic. bit. Hard to tell from the angle as to how much oh, there is in a that's little... That's the most diplomatic thing. Oh, no, I, punch. I saw on TV. Trust me, that was a dive. That was a dive? Okay. Which is a shame. Oh, I like Higgins. I like some comments. I like him, but uh, I like did, him. was he called out on the on the ground? I didn't I didn't see that. He wasn't, but he was called out on the commentary. We're so debated. there was no there yeah. it was noticed. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. A little name, lots of Neymars around the world. At lots the moment. of Neymars around the world. A delightful yeah, world uh, experience. I'm loving it. Another week of the Neymars. Then we can tell you what. It wasn't sad to see the end of Brazil, and it's because oh. of Neymar. I know. One hundred percent. As a as a as a round ball nerd myself, I've never cheered against Brazil in any World Cup, yeah. but I did this time, and it's 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 because he's so talented. But why? So why are you diving, Neymar? Come I know. on. No, I know. He did. I think he copped thirty yellow cards on him. 
through yeah. the tournament. So he got more attention than anyone else. Uh, yeah, yeah, for the, for whatever players were doing to him to get their yellow cards. But, mm. uh, interesting stat from the World Cup over the weekend, just oh. quickly, before we move on to the Melbourne Frio game. So <laughs> Brazil played... Uh, Belgium to lose. Oh, they got yeah, knocked right. out by Belgium. Six letters in a name versus seven letters in a name. Oh. France played who? Uh, Uruguay. Six letters in a name versus seven letters Holy in crap. a name. Uh, Croatia <laughs> played who? Uh, Russia. Six letters in a name versus seven letters in a name. England played who? Sweden. Six letters oh in a name God. versus seven. And they all and they all played on the sixth and the seventh. Oh! It's so good. There you go. Where do you That's find time weird. for this, Lemo? Trust me, I've got time. He's got a guy. I've got a guy. That's very David Astle. Uh, well, Michael Gleeson actually brought that to the table. He did bring that to the table. He was very excited about bringing that to the table as well. And I was very excited to hear it. Um, Darwin, Saturday night, Melbourne played the Fremantle Dockers. So that's two games in Darwin for yeah. Melbourne. Oh, sorry, in the top end for Melbourne this year. Is there a chance that they could recruit Cyril Rioli on the basis <laughs> that they play two home games in the Northern Territory? That is what happens to, to Premiership Hawthorne players, legends. They all end up at another yeah, yeah, team. Yeah, I, no. I, I, I really... If he ends up at Brisbane, that will hurt. Oh, surely oh. Gold Coast would be where oh. they'd be wanting him. Uh, well, I'm sure they would want sure him at the Gold Coast. Hey, Swamp, who's played the most number of uh, AFL, VFL games in the Northern Territory? Uh that is Nathan Jones. He went past Kane Corns on the weekend. I believe it's 12 matches for Jones, 11 for Kane. Oh, oh there it is. Good stats. That's so good. Yeah, have, you got, you. have you got Melbourne didn't have a great record in Alice Springs. I went and did those games for a while when they played Port Adelaide and they kept losing. Uh, but their players and coaches at the casino at midnight. It's, it wasn't that surprising. They're all right. <laughs> well, they, they, they pumped the Crows. And they beat uh, Freo by 54 points. And Ross Lyon said that result flattered the Dockers. Yep. Ooh. I mean, you'd be disappointed hearing that from the coach, wouldn't you? It took a turn. Like, it was quite – it wasn't – it wasn't a smashing early on, and then all of a sudden you kind of looked away for five seconds and looked back in, yeah. and they were gone. But um, I think it means that Melbourne can still go, but as long as no one's watching. So once again, they're very good <laughs> yeah. if your eyes aren't on them. And I just want to see them win a big spectacle at a big ground where everyone expects them to win, and that's when we know that things will start happening. Indeed. Uh, they, they're nervous about missing oh. finals, I would have thought, still, uh, Melbourne fans. All right, let's go to the other game Saturday night. Look at this. The Western I, I might Bulldog. go. I'm off. <laughs> Everyone. It's been good, Danny. It's been good. The Western Bulldogs. Well, just, just like the Bulldogs, I'm going to leave halfway through. Uh, we need to go back into the vault. Swamp, any, any good stats out of Oh, uh, no, I was, I was actually just going to talk up your Melbourne uh, crowd figures. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. Uh, this year they're 8 and 0 when the uh, crowd's been under 40,000, oh, and yeah. they are 1-7 when the crowd's been above 40,000. Oh, so, what yeah. I just said yes. got immediately fact-checked, and I was right. This is a... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. That is... That is an excellent stat. So they are like, yeah. and this is, the, um, and my film references are getting more and more obscure. Do you remember the film <laughs> Mystery Men with Ben Stiller and Hank Azaria oh, yes. and William H. Macy? There was the kid who could be invisible, but only if no one was watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, a, what a great character. So Swamp again, zero and eight? Or eight, no, eight, eight, zero, eight and zero when the crowd's under, under 40,000. And then one seven. Yes. Oh, wow, yeah, good. That is. They would be praying that they get Gold Coast in the finals. <laughs> a GWS grand final. Oh, yeah, great. Oh, yeah. Can we play away at Carrara <laughs> for our home final? So if you're a Demons fan, like, 
Um, stop going to the footy. Stop going stop to the footy. And, and I wonder if the TV figures match it. Maybe they, they have to like have the TV on but face the corner. <laughs> it's like Blair Witch. Blair <laughs> Witch. <laughs> well, it is a horror Not allowed show. to talk about finals. Not allowed to go to finals. It's like a very stressful life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like Fight Club. <laughs> can't even talk about it. <laughs> um, all right, Mel. Uh, your daddy's uh, tried to distract anyway. conveniently <laughs> from Hawthorne's. Sure, you don't want to discuss some more '90s films. Uh, I'm sure Swamp has a couple of fun stats about Hawthorne's performance uh, on the weekend. But Daddy, what happened after halftime? I yeah. I do you know? I've worked out a, a little. This is this is a stat for from my uh, yeah. uh, perspective. Halftime goes for exactly one and a half beers. If you if you're having a you go into like the locker room or or the, that other bar that's on the wing at Dockland Stadium, if you have one beer, there's still a little bit of time left. You have two beers, you miss the first five minutes. Yeah. Uh, so I got two beers at halftime. Yeah. When I started that second beer, we were two points up. When I finished it, we were four goals down. Yeah, it was a pretty solid start in the third quarter. But Hawthorne's third quarters have been excellent, haven't they? Swamp. I think I read a stat from you. Yes. About Hawthorne's. <laughs> Percentage oh. in the third quarters. That is correct. Um, this year, their their points against in third quarters is their lowest at this point of any season, uh, and I can't remember what that number is off the top of my head. But mm. this time last year, it was the worst, uh, the, the most points it ever conceded in third quarters. So, so a little third quarter turned around the the premiership quarter. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so Hawks going alright in third quarters and I think Richmond had got a good third quarter stat as well about your percentage. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Look, any Richmond stats I, I'm up I, for, to be honest. Um, actually, it's I, Richmond's last quarters that is um, last their absolute strength. Which I think we turned around because that used to be our sticking point. Which is probably, you know, obviously with Hawthorne last year they realised they needed to work on that as well. And I think you're operating it. at about 180%. <laughs> Yeah, on the uh, last quarter, right, 184.5%. So 184.5% for your last quarters. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, oh, a little head wobble oh, there from Tess. Yeah. I've done nothing. I've done nothing at all to deserve the uh, praise that I'm getting in this room, but thanks, everyone. All right, let's have a look. Can at, I just mention, uh, oh, yes, there please. was a dog. So, you know, I love my long sleeves. And yesterday, yes. um, yep. Essendon actually went with an intense defensive setup where Goddard and Hurley both wore long sleeves <laughs> together and it didn't work. So, you know, don't take that. But your team had a long sleeve. Now, we, we talked it's about Western Bulldogs not bringing it to the table. Mm-hmm. Shane Biggs came back into the team. And I don't think I've ever seen Bigsy wear long sleeves uh, before. Uh, I hope it, it, it stays. Although the Bulldogs' uh, long sleeves are lacking because they're all blue. Mm. And we uh, have the red and white yeah. hoops there. Why aren't the hoops on the sleeves? Well, I, this is worth getting in touch with the to, club, yeah, I would have thought. Make some I, calls. If only I knew someone there. Now, also, <laughs> um, I think Toby McLean should wear long sleeves. Yeah, I, you, you put this to me. Uh, you texted me this on Saturday night. And, uh, and I'm actually good friends with, uh, with Toby. His cousin, and uh, and I and I was sitting with her, and yeah, I okay. put it to her, and she went, "Yeah, he should." Oh. And Toby's girlfriend agreed, so oh, we are we're going to make this happen. Why should he wear long? I sleeves? just think he looks like a long sleever. <laughs> he's got he the looks vibe. like a sleever. Yeah, oh, no. he just looks like the vibe of someone. He's got a bit of like a thirties kind of look about him, yeah. and I think he deserves a long sleeve. He's, uh, I like him too, and I want him to wear long sleeves because mm. I can like him more. Matt Clinch, where do you stand on a long sleeve? Uh, no, <laughs> it doesn't tend to stick with me that much. No. They're easier to identify though. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. We're looking for anything. Boots, haircut, body size, long sleeve. It all works for us. Are yeah. all the boots too similar there? Because they all go for a shiny no. boot these days. No, no they're no. all different, different brands, different colours. Um, every now and then it does sort of just help you. So I'm trying to think. Uh, DeMont and uh, Higgins had different colour boots that every now and then you just 
looking right. for some point of difference mm. when they're on the bottom of the pack. Has anybody in the whole in the comp got a particularly unique boot? No, not not without notice. Because I know back in the day, Dermy went the yellow boot for a while, and that was the because st- that was when everyone had black boots. Mm, or Phil yeah. Carmen, I think, might have had a white boot. Yeah, I think Jack for a while as Martin well. yesterday had uh, the black matte black boots with the Ooh. indigenous design on it, so that kind of was easy to pick up. But yeah, any of those little things help us. I think right. nowadays that uh, if you have black boots, you are the rebel. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's That's a, pretty good. It's a real hipster move to wear yes. black boots. Trent out there Cutchen these days. has red boots on, and it was quite handy on Friday night because um, Corey Ellis came back into play, and he kind of, I think, because he loves our captain so much, looks like him and is like giving homage in his look and hair. And it was quite handy because from afar you could really tell Koch because he has excellent hair that never moves, uh, yeah. even regardless of how hard he Lego plays. Lego hair. Lego hair yeah. and red boots. Makes there sense. We go. He was born with that haircut, I believe. Yeah. Well, back in the day, it used to help for Brownlow votes, but now everyone's got either different coloured hair or different mm. coloured boots. It doesn't stand out as much. Yeah, your man bun's <laughs> not going to win you a Brownlow no. in this day. <laughs> Tell that to Nat Five. Uh, he's going to go. He's going to try it out. So, yeah, Saturday was awful. It was just one of the worst well, types of losses. But yeah. I want to point out, it is not in the top five <sighs> types of losses where your team is in it at halftime and then don't show up in the second half. Yeah. I very angrily compiled... The five worst types of losses. Oh, yeah. what are they? Let's see if you guys agree with this. Number five, losing by just over a hundred points. Just <laughs> when they when you get into the fight, you're, you're being thrashed, and you're there, you're sticking it out to watch the, the rest of the game, and then the other team, the other fans start getting so, oh, we might win by a hundred, and you're like, don't win by a hundred, or just give me this, don't win, and then they get they win by a hundred too, and they're double celebrating, I, and you're double angry. I disagree <laughs> with you on that one. Really, I want when I'm getting beaten by that much, I want us to get beaten by a hundred points. Yeah, so, but Lima, when was the last time it happened to you? It's but, mate, yeah, <laughs> we're going back to the 1940s, but. <laughs> Let's go to the vault. <laughs> when was the last time? All right, last time Hawthorne got beaten by 100 points. Actually, GWS might have just about beaten. I was going to say last, last year, didn't they? Last they got year. smashed in one of them. Yeah. I reckon GWS absolutely pumped us. Right. And I remember watching that game and thinking to myself, "I want it to be 100 points because I want it to really hurt. I want it to get a lot of attention, and I want the players to be." extra keen to turn this around. This is like Fight Club, by the way. There's a lot of similarity. Very brutal. But, I mean, Um, it doesn't, you're right, it doesn't happen that often. And it was nice to have that little percentage booster on Saturday night. Number four. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Swamp, do you know the last time Hawthorne lost by 100 points? Uh, Just looking here, I've got it as 2005 round 13 against Port Adelaide. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Number four, worst type of loss. I reckon I was at that game too. Was that at Footy Park? Uh, Amy Stadium, yes it was. I, it was Amy And I remember their uh, Warren Treadray, they were up by about 80 points and he was getting right up in the grill of Rick Ladson after he kicked a goal. Lado tried to stop him and then Treadray wow. kicked the goal. And he was yelling in his face. And I remember in the stands... Yelling at Ron Treadway. I don't think he heard me. Uh, <laughs> He's always had a thing about like, you, so it's probably. Mate, you're up by 80 points. Just be a little more graceful yeah. about. I realise he was very competitive, Warren Treadway. Oh, the hypocrisy, Anthony <laughs> Lehman. That you are accusing someone else of having bad grace during <laughs> yeah, yeah. a win. And that's like the most wholesome thing ever that you remember very clear details about the time you lost by 100 yeah. points. Like our <laughs> Melbourne fans listening and our Brisbane fans listening and our Carlton fans listening are all like, mm, can't really pick them apart, but. Yeah. 
anyway. He's a lovely guy, Warren Treadway, having spent five years in Adelaide. But he did bow after a goal, so he does have a bit of yeah. history with these sort of celebrations. Yeah, he, that he, was cool. He, he copped cool. a bit over the years, Treaders, for some of the stuff he got uh, up to uh, on the ground. But a lo- but a lovely bloke. Yeah, uh, go, Treaders. Danny. What's uh, worse, Danny? What's worse? Number four worst yep. type of loss. Yes, a top of the table fizzer. You know when <laughs> when you hold you know when your team's like up there maybe in the top four you're playing another top four and it's your chance to show yep. your credentials and you know the whole footy world is watching. It's a potential grand final preview and you don't show up. You lose yeah, by yeah. like five <laughs> goals <laughs> and you know everyone's just going well. You're 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 a pretender. That's disappointing. Number three. <laughs> Worst type of loss. Missing after the siren. What happened to Geelong last week? It's the ultimate footy fairy tale, and then it's not. Yep. I would have thought that would have been further up the list. Uh, Here we go. Number two. (laughs) Underdog upset. You go to the match, (laughs) you're expecting a nice, stress-free, comfortable, maybe even a bit of a percentage boost. You're there, mate. Oh, it's easy. They're bottom of the ladder. We're up top. This is going to be great. But no, the team you were supposed to smash pulls out a miracle. Their fans can't believe it, and you're just sitting there (laughs) devastated. <clears throat> that is the second worst. The worst, without a doubt. Number yeah. one, with a bullet. Yep. The epic comeback. Oh, yeah. Midway oh. through the third quarter, you're feeling great. You're already planning which pub you're going to afterwards. You're texting your mates going, oh, this is pretty much over. How 80, good is this? 84 grand final. Not that I sent a text. But... And then disaster <laughs> strikes. Can you do, you? do you guys agree? Is that the worst yep. type of loss? Yeah. I have really fond memories, uh, great memories, of watching the Richmond game in 20, 2016. At the end of the year against Geelong, we were playing at the G. I went with friends. They were Geelong people. And they said, and we had an amazing game, right? Our season was completely over. Uh, Geelong were going to play finals, so they obviously kind of you know, gave us a bit of a go. We were we were like five goals up or something at three quarter time, and our my Geelong fans were like, "How nice for you!" You know, patronising, like, "How nice for you! You'll get a win." I said, "Have you ever watched Richmond play?" I, I'm, <laughs> if you don't know by now, yeah. we will not win this game. And they were like, "Oh, that's really harsh." I said, "No, we won't win this game." Geelong came back like a steam train, and I got, went and got several mid strengths with another Richmond fan, <laughs> and just kind of sat in the corner and bowed my head. It was so devastating, but that was our life—the mm. epic comeback. It's true, that was bad. That was bad times. It was your signature move. It was our signature move. (laughs) (laughs) I was with you on number three. I feel like we, as commentators, spend the whole week pumping up a game. And then when you get to a fizzer, you feel like you're the movie reviewer who's given it five stars and everyone's just walking out going, how'd you get that so <laughs> And yet you'd never played a role in it. What about a grand, what about a they, grand final They've let loss? you down. Or a prelim loss. Are well, these... the, the, the comeback at the grand final, 84 grand final for Ooh. Hawthorne fans, we still think about that one. <laughs> Essendon ran over the top of us. Just <laughs> devastating. Well, it's My heart bleeds. Yeah. Um, hey, yeah, uh, but... We're going, hey. Now let's. Pe- oh, have you got another one on this? No, no, yeah. no, no. Okay, let's get through the next game. Port Adelaide. Oh yeah, that one. Oh, they beat St Kilda's. I'm really. I tell you what. To me, Port Adelaide are grand finalists at the moment. They're my other grand final team. Port, Richmond, yep. Richmond Port grand final is what I'm predicting. Clinchy, where do you see Port at the moment? Yeah, they're hard to get a gauge on because they're playing really well. They've won five straight. I think the last time they did that was uh, a couple of years ago. So uh, well. Let's find out. <laughs> I'm on it. Are we paying Swamp for his work at the moment? We just keep hammering. It's the ABC, he's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's invoicing us afterwards. <laughs> um, but look, they're, they're winning at the moment. Um, they're into 
um, the top four. Uh, the question will be they've they've won, I think, three out of their last, uh, four out of their last five at the Adelaide Oval. So can they beat the better sides away from home? They, they had a really good win against Melbourne. Uh, then they were a bit flat the two weeks that followed against Carlton. And, and they played okay against St Kilda. But mm. the skill level from both sides, that was, uh, yeah, probably as bad a game as I've called, I think, this season. It was pretty grim. Lots of mm. good long sleeves. But their port kind of, <laughs> that kind of, that kept T- me interested. Tess long sleeve um, Armstrong uh, over here. Tess Lever. Uh, yeah, that kind of kept me in. But Port did a new Richmond, and they stayed with, they played however hard they needed to play for three quarters, and then they blew them away mm. in the fourth, and it was and pretty... Charlie boring. Dixon kicked four goals. He kicked three of which mm. in the last quarter, and if they could just bottle that, the key four that they desperately love him to be, that would give Port yeah. Adelaide that chance to be a real finals contender. Let's answer your question, Clinchy. Uh, so the last time they did it in the one season was in 2014, but they also managed to do it over the 2015-2016 season break. Uh, one other thing I've got on Port Adelaide is they actually haven't debuted a, any players at all this year. There's no no oh. first gamers. Um, there's really? never been a club no. go through an entire year without playing a first gamer at some point. Um, is that to save money on the the Powerade afterwards? Because you don't <laughs> yeah. want to, you know, that's expensive. It's like three dollars a bottle. Well, they Times gave up all their draft picks for Rockliffe and Motlop and Watts, and so oh, they yeah. actually they actually avoided the draft last year, feeling like they've got most of their young players in. So yeah, interesting stat wow. because they've got the likes of uh, Todd Marshall and Rolly Bonner and a few young players, but they're all from from previous drafts. So there it is. Good stat. Mm. Thank you, uh, mm. thank you, Swamp. How's St Kilda's injury list? Is there an unluckier club ever? I'm not sure if you've got stats on this, uh, Swamp. <laughs> in general. Josh, Josh Bruce, broken leg at training. Mm. Carlisle, punctured lung, courtesy of a doc, of a club doc. doctor injection. Yeah, so that one's really interesting. He had a, a rib injury from the match against Melbourne, and the doctor's trying to treat it, obviously, to give the injection. Unfortunately, punctured his lung in the process. Uh, <laughs> rather embarrassing for Alan Richardson, who was trying to explain it to the media at the airport and saying, well, it's not all that common, but it can happen when you're trying to treat the ribs. So really embarrassing, but hopefully you'll just miss the one week. It's as he's, they wait for his lung to reinflate, Correct. which is actually what's what's happening. Oh. Uh, Robertson, heart condition. Kobe Stevens, concussion for the year. McCartan has been out with concussion issues. And Josh Battle, eye socket. That is the oh. weirdest looking injury list yeah, that's that I've yeah. seen in years. One of their players is pregnant. That's, uh... oh, well, that's, <laughs> see, that's, welcome to the modern game. Uh, there's all manner of reasons why you might be missing a few games. Hey, let's go on to the uh, Brisbane-Carlton game. Now, Brisbane uh, mm. flogged Carlton. Let's be honest. Yeah, and and for the first quarter, Carlton were it was only two points at quarter time, and then mm. just I've got a positive spin. Mm. On oh, cool. This. Okay, uh, now Swamp, you'll confirm this for me in the last fifty years because I did ask you the question: How many teams have finished the season on one win? Correct. And I think it was Fitzroy '96. Might have been That's thirteen Fitzroy or fourteen. All and up. GWS in. 2012, 2015. Oh, remember but that? There's been five in the last 50 <laughs> remember years. Remember when they weren't good? Uh, yeah. So five in the last 50 years. Okay. okay. Here's the good news for Carlton fans. GWS 2013. Three years later. In a prelim. Uh, they, two prelims in a row. Two mm-hmm. years in a row. Uh, Fitzroy 1996 merged with Brisbane. But then five years later, three peat. Okay. <laughs> mm. Sydney 1993. Three years later, grand final. Oh. Melbourne, 1981, seven years later, grand final. Oh. North Melbourne, 1972, won two flags in the next five years. 
So I'm just saying. Oh, that's nice. Whenever it's happened in the past, teams have turned it around really quickly. So go to your local tattoo parlour, get yeah. Carlton <laughs> Premiers 2022, and thank me later. Because inflation, price of tattoos, they're going to go up. I there might get is. that too, just for fun. I think it'll be a pretty hip thing to do. Um, I am obsessed, and I have been for a long time with Eric Hipwood. I love him, and yeah. he's my favourite player from another team. And I was really happy for him the other day because he doesn't often kick a bag. How many is in a bag? Well, I traditionally six for me, but I think mm. bags have gone down to four. Clinchy, what do you think? Five. Oh, I'd give five a bag. Five yeah, a bag. okay. So you keep S- the bag. Swamp, what do you consider a bag? Oh, no, I'll go with five as well. You think five, <laughs> Danny? Uh, for the Bulldogs, two. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, you don't have to kick a goal if you've got three points. If, if you literally have a bag, yeah, we will yeah. say. <laughs> That's a bag right there. Uh, so that was exciting for Brisbane people because they played really well. It was pretty it was a pretty grim day, though, for Carlton. Oh. There were sort of stark comparisons, wasn't there? You yeah. can see the improvement in Brisbane, but they have a slightly older list. Um, and for Carlton, it was a hard afternoon to watch mm. because that improvement just wasn't there. Paddy Dow was missing. Um, Charlie Kerner kicked three goals, I think three of their seven goals. But mm. um, the longer the game went, the better Brisbane looked and the worse <laughs> Carlton looked. So uh, the Oof. question surrounding the priority pick, all that gets uh, obviously revisited this week and uh, what Brennan Bolton can do to try and steer them back on track. What's the name of the South Australian lad, Lacocious? Yeah, Lacocious, yep. Uh, he announced on the weekend that he's going to be playing for Adelaide United next year. <laughs> he has, there's been a code switch to soccer. He watched that game and thought, no, that's it, I'm done. I've actually had I'm yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try something else. The, I think it was true that they played um, highlights, which I think is like incredibly cruel of the number one draft picks on the screen at the Gabba. That <laughs> that was mentioned in Fan our commentary, yeah, and that was like, hey, just, by just the way, just to remind you who you're uh, who you're playing, who you're playing for? for. I like that. Well, that's good. That's, yeah, a, that's a positive spin. That's better than just that's the commercials true. that are normally That's a Tess Armstrong positive spin. There you yeah, go. Right. Uh, Swamp. Do we have numbers on the biggest ever margin between a? In a game between the bottom two sides, uh, I can find that for you. All right, <laughs> we'll, leave, we'll leave that with Swamp because that was a sixty-five point margin there yeah. between the bottom two teams. Uh, so while Swamp's working on that, uh, let's go to the Richmond game. All right, so it was really fun on Friday night. It was great. No, it was. Um, I was pretty nervous. You know, I'm a negative uh, footy watcher, and at the beginning, I really did think that Adelaide brought a lot of pressure. They were really good. They like really stimmied our what's the word stymied stymied our flow and um, I was a little bit anxious about that and I didn't feel like Dusty's really on at the moment I think he's a little bit off however when you're still off and you still you know yeah. win the game on your own but I think he's still, that's pretty good he's, he's very, still pretty good he's still very influential he's in my super coach team so I certainly know <laughs> his super coach his super coach points are way down on last year Ooh. yeah and he's not the player that he was last year. What do you reckon? What's your take on him? I think Clinchy? most teams would still take average Dusty, yeah, even if he yeah. was just yeah, average no. Dusty. Still better than a lot of other players. So, uh, look, I thought Adelaide uh, fought hard in the first half, five goals to three in the second, and they opened up mm. a gap. The Tigers, and, and that was really the difference. Um, being in South Australia over the weekend, it was interesting just chatting to people. I don't think anyone's playing as good a footy as what the Crows were last year, but then the Crows are a million miles away from the team they mm. were last year. Is that that flow they have in their ball movement from half back to half forward, the slingshot, which works so successfully, the, the chemistry and symmetry amongst the team, which I guess was no more evident than when Taylor Walker and uh, Miles Baholke both bounced into each other in mm. the goal square yeah. and they mucked it up. And it just hasn't clicked for whatever reason this year, Adelaide. And you'd almost think that apart from this week against Geelong, they'd, they'd be better off saying to Taylor Walker, let's get you right for next year. The question will be whether Rory Sloan and Mitch McGovern are there. 
Uh, mm. Indeed, I think the Crows are getting nervous about those two because as every yeah. week goes by, you can feel them. Uh, you can feel them slipping away. Swamp, do you have an answer for us on the greatest margin in a game between the two bottom sides? Uh, I do. It is 178 points back in oh. 1979. Collingwood versus St Kilda. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Collingwood, so that was 11th playing 12th? Then it I, it I was, imagine. correct. And uh, that was Peter Dacos's debut match. Oh, oh wow. cool. Yes. And sorry, so Collingwood beat St Kilda? Or St Kilda, Collingwood beat St Kilda? Wow. That is a dead 100 sit- point losses are bad, but imagine the media after you lost by 178 points. <laughs> to, the team, to the team that's <laughs> one, come Monday. one <laughs> above you on the ladder. Who was actually, who was higher on the ladder before that game? Uh, stand by. <laughs> um, uh, St Kilda were. Oh, St Kilda were. Oh, so the bottom team has beaten the second bottom team. Correct. By 100. Oh, wow, oh, that is a bad day man. in the office for the Saints. They would have had the blowtorch on them. <laughs> oh, would they ever? <laughs> a few things, though. Um, it has been nice that even when Dusty wasn't firing and Alex Rance was like, fine, good, and, you know, Flossum was out and Hawley's out, there's still so many people that we've had depth that we haven't had in the past. Callum Moore was really good and exciting, and our back line are just delightful, and it's just really fun. It's just such a fun time. <laughs> Look at to happy you I'm are. so happy. And I, on Friday night, I just, um, after the first half, which I was, you know, pretty anxious. And then the second half, I just got to enjoy that we're actually quite good. Yeah. And it still takes me by surprise. Um, there's a few things. We were booing Tex Walker a lot. And I was Why uncomfortable uh, with the, this because I'm not, I'm a fan of a, uh, a boo for a reason. Like if they've taken out your play, like Jeremy Cameron, you know, taking out Harris Andrews oh, against yeah. the Brisbane yeah. Lions. You can boo him yeah. every time he kicks a goal after that. That's fine, right? And if, you know, the, if someone leaves your club in controversial circumstances and the first time they play you, boo him a little bit when they yep. first get the goal, get yep. over it. Yep. Then on Friday night, we were booing Tex Walker and Josh Jenkins because they played badly, so badly, in fact, that it led to our drought-breaking grand final. We should have cheered them off. You actually should be cheering <laughs> them. We should be yeah. cheering them. You should and be sending them thank you cards. I you. would like mm. to suggest, you know when you're at the ground, two, this is a two-parter, you're at yeah. the ground, there's a free kick, you don't know what it's for, you look up on the screen and it tells you what it's for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First of all, that should be on the TV when people watch it at home because no one ever tells you why there's free kicks and everyone just goes on about how confusing it is. Secondly, when people boo, it should come up on the screen why they're booing. So that we can all understand, because I'm I spent the whole time bothered by it because I'm like I don't understand. There needs to be a boo explainer. There would, <laughs> it would have been awkward in 2015 when they just had the word racism. I know <laughs> it would have been a little good message. Every time it came up, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, hang on, just I'm a racist." Yeah, a little reminder. Just a little as reminder what's going on there. But yeah, that's my that's my tip. Uh, but Richmond looking annoyingly good. Very good. Very and better good. than yeah. the rest of the pack. And what are you calling? You're saying New Richmond all the time. Yeah, it's uh, New Richmond. New. Oh, Richmond. I'm a new Richmond supporter. <laughs> Negative, but sometimes enjoying it. Well, you know, it's around, we've just finished round 15, and people have asked the question, can you think of a team who's been this dominant at round 15? Swamp, I imagine there are teams who have started the year 0 and 15, surely. Uh, 15 and 0. Oh, it's yeah. 15 and 0, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> Dominant uh, down the bottom. Yeah, the, first, the first one that's come to mind is Essendon in 2000. Yeah. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. And did they go the full year undefeated? Is that is that right? Can anyone remember? Uh, anyone beat no, them? I don't think they. But they did win the flag. <laughs> that was a great memory. That game. I, that's but, still one of my favourite memories. Is I, the dogs beating the bombers? Anyway, go I on. believe statistically, according to our very own James Coventry, who's written the book mm. Footballistics, that Essendon side statistically is the greatest side of all time. That Essendon two thousand. Now I'm not exactly sure what statistics James used in his analysis. 
but he said that they were the most dominant team of all time. It would be very hard to argue against that point to, mm. to go through the season and win every game apart from one, apparently, Danny, I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, I, I think the Bulldogs might have knocked him off. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 right. See, we yeah, have lost. You do cling on to those little victories. <laughs> when, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of the Bulldogs, uh, Swamp, how many teams have uh, missed finals two years in a row after winning a grand final? Uh, that, w- that would be nine all up. Um, mm. Bulldogs are about to become team number 10. How dare you? Uh, How so dare you can't you. know that mathematical I, possibility. Who was, the, <laughs> who was the last team? That would be Adelaide. I, actually, I don't count them, though, because they won two grand finals in a row, then had two years off. So to me, that kind of evens it out. So who was the team before that? Uh, I would have to check back oh, in I... the 50s, I think. Uh, back in the 50s? Oh, Danny, <laughs> was it the Bulldogs? exciting. This is, uh, this is new Bulldogs. Oh. It's a new thing. We're, do- we're just bringing the 50s tell you back. What, it'd make me laugh if it was the Bulldogs. <laughs> Toby McLean would suit the 50s he in would. a long sleeve, yeah. so it works out. I'll just say, Lemo, oh, no, sit I'm, on it. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm well off the mark. It was Hawthorne in the 70s. Oh, yeah, yes! Is it 79 and 80? Twice in the 70s. Yeah. Oh, and we missed 72 and 73. Correct. <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. Oh, that was a beautiful moment. All oh, right. It's all downhill from here. Let's, let's, uh, let's finish the show. Let's move on to the final game of the weekend. Uh, geez, this feels like it was played about nine and a half oh, years ago. That feels like terrible, it was played in the Terrible 70s. stat, Swamp. Uh, <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> uh, Geelong and uh, Sydney last uh, final. Show. That's a shocking loss for the Swans, particularly yeah. when you look at the ladder now. Um, you know, this. if you look at the games this weekend mm. – if they go to the favoured team, all the games, with the exception of North Melbourne, if North Melbourne beats Sydney, Sydney could actually drop out of the eight yeah. this weekend, which is extraordinary. It's kind of an alien place for them to be. Even last it, year when really they were 7 they were like, oh, they'll probably still be in the finals. And they were. They, they uh, are extraordinary. But they were flat Thursday night. I was a... with a Geelong person, so it was like an enjoyable end. But Yeah, they have a pretty poor record this year, the Swans at mm. the SCG. They're not playing all that well there, but Geelong could have absolutely toasted them. They kicked eight goals, 23 mm. and it could have been a, a 10 goal win plus. It was big for Geelong because the questions were, they were on the slide and whether they'd be able to stop that. Um, Tim Kelly was really good once awesome. again. Mitch Duncan playing well in that midfield. So if Geelong can get a couple of those players back in like Henderson and Menzel and Cockatoo, you feel like they can launch themselves to the second half of the season, but they have to win enough games to get there. Uh, so what's the most points a team has ever kicked in a game? Off the top of my head, that's 41, and that's, once again, Hawthorne. Oh, <laughs> yes. But, uh, but let's ask. What, what era are we talking about? Was it, was, it, was it 42 goals, 41 points? Or was uh, it... No, I've got it in my head. It was about 16 or 17 goals. 41. 41? Wowzers. That would uh, be grim. Imagine because, the state uh, of the game conversations after that game. Because 823 isn't... <laughs> Isn't flash. I think Geelong's average for the season is 12 goals, 12 behinds. Mm. So that's a bit of a blip on the radar it's for trustworthy. them. trustworthy. Mm. Uh, what's happened there? Tim Kelly is awesome, though. And Quentin Narkle. There's a lot of excitement at Geelong. Uh, Clinchy, have you used Narkle Sparkle in the commentary yet? No, I haven't done a Cats game since he's uh, right, okay. been a part of the lineup. What are you going to go I'm with? thinking of something, you know, to work with when he does do something I forgot miraculous. to shout out to Al Nicholson who went with um, – so Kelly Underwood went with a Narkle Sparkle. It was very nice for yep. his first goal. And then um, Harry Taylor passed it to Narkle to get his goal. And so Al Nicholson went with you. Well, you've heard about Harry and Markle. 
What About Harry and Narkel? And I just want to shout out, that still makes me laugh every time I think about it. And it was very, yeah, I'll spare of the moment. I hope he gets, um, uh, well, you know, to to negative things, I hope inevitably when he gets done for striking, they go Narkel sandwich. Oh, yes. See, this is all good, dear. We'll write a list for you, Matt, and you can take it. Uh, Swamp, can you uh, firm up the stats on that one for us? The uh, behinds with Hawthorne? Yes, it was was 41 behinds. Uh, They... Hawthorne kicked 25 goals that day. It was against St Kilda back in 1977. Oh, gee, tough time for the Saints, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> tough time for the Saints. Just cut that out and replay that every couple of years because that doesn't seem to get any better. Yeah. If I was calling 42 behinds, I'd be over it by then. Oh. oh wouldn't you? 25-41. I assume they won. hope there was a gale. They did. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Uh, well, there it is, team. Anything to add before uh, we uh, wrap up uh, this week's version of They Came to Play? Well, let's just check with uh, this with, with one. Is there any stats that haven't been uh, answered yet? Like, who, who was the first team and player to win in all states and territories? Did you get uh, that? Okay, yes, I did. There are 35 players that have won in all eight states and territories. Jade Rawlings in 2005 was the first to collect the seat. Oh, well done. <laughs> Not quite a grand slam, but it's interesting. (laughs) And and who was the first team to do it? Yeah, they come back next week for that. You've got to tease tease forward to the next episode. (laughs) A Uh, cliffhanger. Right there. Current players that haven't kicked goals, Jade Collar-Jasney is currently leading with 62 games, no goals. 62 games, no goals. Do we know, well, maybe this is one for next week, the record for the number of games before your first goal? Uh, I don't know before your first goal, but Rod Carter went his, I reckon he'd be the clubhouse leader, but I would I would have to check. This right. has been the best, by the way. <laughs> yeah. This has been so enjoyable. Remember when I got fact-checked and I was right? That was yeah. a great moment. And remember when... Remember when Lemo <laughs> got all smarmy about the Bulldogs? <laughs> Just, was let's go real... get a coffee and reminisce. That was a real low I need point. a cigarette after that. <laughs> I do have one more stat that I can part with. Um, yes. I believe your birthday is August oh, the 20th. Yes, correct. Yes. Uh, Hawthorne have not played a game on your birthday in the AFL era. <gasps> 1989 was the last really? time. Correct. It's not going to happen is... again this year either. Well, that is a, it's an excellent stat, but I want some birthday celebration. When was the last one? 89. 1989. Oh, that was a good oh. year. That was a very, very <laughs> strong year. I want to find year. out all our birthday years. Oh, I can tell you uh, it's bad news for Danny and the dogs on his birthday. Yeah, I remember oh. it was last year we lost to Hawthorne. It was uh, it was Bob oh, Murphy's what's... last game. Oh, yeah. oh was oh, it? Danny. It was, yeah. Sorry about that. It's, it's actually quite fun uh, screaming at the footy, you're ruining my birthday! <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Uh, all right, Nan, all our birthdays are quite close together. When's yours, Danny? Uh, August 26th. So I'm August 20, you're August 26th and Tess? 29. August hey. 29th. August 29th. Oh. Clinchy, when's your birthday? No, I'm out of action. 5th of October. Ah, ah, get out. Get out. Yeah, bloody, li- bloody liberals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where's your swamp? Uh, that's a closely held secret. Oh, oh, it's, a, oh, it's a trade secret <laughs> along with my yeah. name. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, swamp, thank you for joining us today. Much appreciated. Uh, we love Thanks your stats. So good. At Sir Swamp Thing on Twitter. If you want to get some unique insights yeah. into uh, some stats behind You've our games. You've got to get on it. Endless joy. It's uh, very, very good gear. And if you put a query uh, to Swamp, and he's got a couple of minutes up his sleeve, he will answer that query for you on Twitter. That is correct. I apologise to anyone that I don't answer queries to, but I try and get to as many as I can. Uh, there we go. Thank you, Swamp. Thank you, Matt Clinch. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you, Danny McGinley. Thank you, Tess Armstrong. Go Tigers. Go Dogs. My name's Lemo, and thanks for tuning in to They Came to Play.